T-Ray and his son lived on the back porch of an old shotgun house, one in a long row of identical houses packed along Irvine Street, in a section of town known both affectionately and derisively as Little Angola. The house was owned by a bruiser called Thick, or Mr. Thick, as he preferred, and he really didn't want anyone living on his back porch, regardless of the paltry rent they paid. The rooms inside were rented, too, for a few bucks here and there, to people so poor that T-Ray and Jamil were at times thankful they lived outside. But winter was coming, and T-Ray knew they had to move on. They had scratched out an existence on Mr. Thick's sagging boards for two months, each day vowing to find another place. But T-Ray wasn't working. He had been laid off from his job delivering seafood to high-end restaurants out in the suburbs. Another job had fallen through. Jobs were scarce in Little Angola. He was thirty-three, and according to the newspaper, half the black men his age or younger were unemployed. Eventually, most drifted into drug trafficking. From there, they went either to prison or to the cemetery. T-Ray was determined to avoid both. His life revolved around Jamil, who had just turned fourteen and was headed for the streets. Headed? He was already on the streets. And if they didn't find a more stable place to live, the boy wouldn't have a chance. His mother left him years ago. Not that it mattered. She and T-Ray had not bothered with anything close to marriage, and when the kid was four, she disappeared. Through a friend, T-Ray met a crack runner called Tox. Real names were never used, only nicknames and aliases, and they sometimes changed weekly. Tox worked for an unnamed boss who took orders from someone else up the chain. T-Ray didn't know who the big boys were, nor did he care. The urban legend was that the crack that poured into Little Angola came from a Mexican cartel. The cocaine that flooded the white neighborhoods came from South America and was controlled by a local gangster, one who'd received the death penalty a year earlier. Such matters were of little interest to T-Ray. He was focused on survival. He'd been told that Tox was looking for an older guy, someone perhaps more dependable. The kids were used as the cashiers, the actual street dealers who handed over the goods as the customers handed over the cash. As the most vulnerable, they were the most likely to get busted. Their bosses worked in the shadows, always watching and ready to vanish. After a couple of years as a cashier, a kid savvy enough to avoid the cops would get himself promoted. Most, though, didn't make it that far. Most were arrested refused to talk, were processed through the criminal justice system, and got sent away. Regardless of how broke he might be, T-Ray had no plans to sell crack on the streets. He was, though, willing to move it around town, carry a gun, and take a few chances, and he was determined to survive. He would do it part-time, save some cash while looking for a real job, then move with Jamil out of Little Angola. But then everybody wanted out. Everybody wanted a job. Everybody wanted a better life away from the streets and drugs and violence and hopelessness. T-Ray had a first cousin who worked in a tire factory 
made $20 an hour, more with overtime, and had a wife who taught school. They lived in a modest tract house with flowers along the sidewalk and an above-ground pool in the back. That's all T. Ray wanted. Nothing fancy, nothing rich. Just a dignified life built on honest labor. Instead, he was now muling crack around Little Angola on foot. He met talks after dark in an abandoned warehouse at the end of a war-torn street that even the cops avoided. Other tough guys were moving in and out of small rooms, everyone glancing around with suspicion and no one saying much. A stray word or the wrong move might provoke gunfire. T-Ray was acting tough because it was required, but inside his stomach was flipping. This was not where he wanted to be. Tox said, Nice coat. Where'd you get it? Goodwill. Paid ten bucks for it. At least two sizes too big. He took it off and dropped it on the floor. It'll work. Here. From a nail on a wall, Tox lifted a bulky vest, customized with extra linings and pockets filled with small bags of rock. It felt as though it weighed twenty pounds. A hundred bags, Tox said. Where am I going? T-Ray asked as he slowly worked the overcoat over the vest. Not sure right now. The bulls were spotted last night, so there might be trouble. He handed T-Ray a cheap, prepaid cell phone. Keep that in your hand. You got a piece? <laughs>